I'll get it. I'll get it. There we go. <laughs> You're recording. Tap it twice. And then, and then slide. slide. <laughs> yes, yes. Tap it twice and then slide. We are recording. Welcome, everybody. Not a Grande Outdoors. I'm Kyle Jackson. I'm Rodney Wood. And we have some guests today. We do. Um, a couple of close ones. Close guests? Or... Well, they're sitting right here. That, well, that is true. They're sitting right here, so not not <laughs> far away guests for sure. But <clears throat> we have our wives in on this podcast. It took uh, a lot of um, bribing, pestering, more of the pestering. Right, yeah, a little bit of... Well, we haven't got one convinced. We'll see if she says anything during the podcast. Not completely. I bet she does. Um, but... Your wife, Dana Wood. Yes. Hello. And my wife, Annie Jackson. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pretty interesting dynamic here. Uh, just you guys out there in listening land know Dana and Annie are sisters. Score for us. Way to go. <laughs> um Kind of a funny story. Not going to tell the whole thing, but uh, uh, basically, uh, Dana's the mastermind of that as well. Uh, it it took some planning and some. Uh, do your evil laugh, Dana. Your uh, <laughs> she she was the master planner in all of that, and it and it worked out well for us. But uh, worked out great for me. I married my best friend, off to my sister-in-law. Now he's family, and we get to hunt all the damn time. Yeah, that's uh, can't get much better than that. No. So, um, anyways, so we wanted to do this podcast because oftentimes you get the perspective of the hunter over and over and over and over again, um, and there's a movement now within the hum- hunting community to you know empower women, get women into hunting. And we are absolutely all for that, but at the same time, uh, those of you who hunt know that you've got that support system back home, and and that's kind of what this this one's about. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about um, if some some wives hunt with their husbands, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, mine has hunted with me, and I think we have some future turkey hunts probably in the mix but I think mm-hmm. she's about done with the big game hunting so when I oh that didn't go over well right you're putting words in her mouth I think well she just told us 10 minutes ago that all she wants to do is shoot photography yeah but I like to go on hunts she oh. just, I, you I, just I don't want to harvest I, you you're done I don't want to going harvest. yeah okay. okay um gotcha yeah Quit putting words in my mouth before I'm done talking. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, she is done hunting. Not going, obviously. But even then, uh, as we are wont to do, us men do like to go off from time to time by ourselves. And that's what we're going to hear. Well, it's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Dana's pounding her chest like a gorilla. Right. We We want to talk about... Uh, the other side of the story, you know, w- when we leave um, our wives at home and the the things that they have to go through so so we can go enjoy our hunt. That's that's what we're here to talk about tonight. We're here to get their perspective on that part of it. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, my wife has gone hunting as well. Um, shot her first cow elk two years ago. Mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, fun hunt. Uh, Dana was on that hunt as well, but didn't connect with an elk. Uh, but nope. uh, I would like to get her back hunting as soon as she's um, done she's throwing kids. Knocking her up. But <laughs> oh, me, not Dana. You, yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah. She's done throwing kids. She's done throwing she kids. Done. You're almost I am done. done. Yeah. Now. Well, you got to throw one more and then you're done. <laughs> but uh but yeah uh i we we had to pester them to do this broadcast because um they're they're not sharing their opinion they will do with you all day long getting it recorded is a whole different ball of wax <laughs> so uh, yeah. We're not afraid of the stage. We just don't like talking on stage. All those years in ballet. Technically, we're not on stage, right? <laughs> I know that, but we're talking. It's a form public. of entertainment. Annie's the sarcastic one. Jane is the literal one. You'll you'll learn in this short 45, 60 minute podcast. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, what are we gonna start with, Rodney? Um. Well, let's let, let's ask the girls. What um. What's one of your main concerns when we go hunting without you? Um, for the most part, I just kind of like to know where you're going to be and when you're going to be back. And, you know, that way, you know, you'll be nice and safe, hopefully. But if you're not, then I know where to look for you. There you go. <laughs> Annie? Sure. Oh, come on. <laughs> Sure, that's what we get. For those Nothing of you that main don't concern. Know, Anne I mean, is five or six months pregnant. Is that right? Seven, seven months pregnant. Seven months, seven months pregnant. And we should not give her a glass of whiskey before this thing started. <laughs> which whiskey would have been a great idea. Which I can have whiskey. I can have whiskey. You really want to piss her off? No, don't you? <laughs> no. no, that's why I'm having water. <laughs> Um, I tried to swirl it didn't make any noise yeah so <clears throat> I think Dana makes a really good point and this is this is a point that um, we touch on well not touch on we we cover this uh, in Hunter's education uh, all that type that type of stuff it's really if you think about it basic uh, survival knowledge or or hunting knowledge that that you should let somebody know where you're going hunting, how long you plan to be gone, mm -hmm. when you plan to be back, whether it's a day hunt, whether it's a week hunt, uh, or whatever. Those are all very, even if you're not married, those are things that you should be telling somebody because if something happens, then um, they know where to go looking for you. Yeah, it's very important. And um, we did a... Uh, wilderness hunt a uh, few years back well it's been a while back now but 2014 um, 2014 yeah. yeah and um, Annie was supposed to go on that one and missed it yeah boo wait that was a wilderness hunt yeah yes it was, was... It was wilderness hunt we were in the Pegasus wilderness oh that's and, right and um, 
so like you know something to keep in mind is to let your spouse know where you're going when you're going to be out um you know these things you know what i try and do is i i you know i'll tell my wife uh you mentioned it earlier i'll i won't be able to call you today but i'll call you tomorrow and then if by chance i do get into a place where i have self-service i'll give you a call mm-hmm. um and that's okay calling them more than you plan is fine but calling them less is not a very good idea if you if you if you tell your spouse that you're going to give them a call on saturday night then call them on saturday night because yeah. if you don't they're going to worry well not only are they going to worry um <laughs> they may send out the the troops mm-hmm. i think Correct. there's been uh, more than one occasion where we've mm-hmm. gotten a call about lost hunters uh on the game and fish side gotten a call about lost hunters uh and it turns out they just didn't call their family when they said they were going to call their family correct mm-hmm. so with that kyle wasted a lot of valuable man hours man right. hours resources yeah. all that stuff yeah. um, which which you better safe than sorry but but yeah still try and stick to your schedule but that brings us to this kyle let's say that that i tell dana i'm gonna call you friday night yep and i don't call her friday night at what point should she start to worry and make that phone call? Yeah. So I think you got to give at least 12 hours. Because let's say you told her you were going to call her Friday night. Maybe you got an animal down and it took you till midnight to pack that animal out. What are you going to be doing the first thing in the morning? Calling your wife. You're gonna be calling your wife. If you're calling smart, family. If you're, if you're, yeah, if you're smart. So I, I, I don't necessarily want to put an hour limit on it, but, but, you know, if they don't call you Friday night mm-hmm. at ten o'clock, don't be calling saying they're lost because they, right. they're. It's very, very possible that they just got an animal down or stayed out too long in the field and just didn't get back in time to call you. That's. That's probably true, but on the other hand, you may want to consider if your spouse actually has maybe a medical issue, mm-hmm. diabetes or heart disease. To factor in. Because, you know, maybe their blood sugar got low. Maybe and I'm glad you... all a bar with them or something. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that has also been uh, an issue where they they knew that, you know, their, their husband or whatever uh, had, like, diabetes and he was supposed to check in and he didn't and that could be a life-threatening issue issue and so that's uh that's really good advice for anybody out there is it those are the factors that you have to weigh in mm-hmm. whenever you're determining you know do i need to call in the calvary or is he just you know if he's an able-bodied person pretty good in the woods mm-hmm. um you know maybe wait 12 hours um or something like that if he's a first timer uh any medical issues those are the factors you want to you want to weigh yeah, before calling in the Calvary. And another another factor of that, um, location. You know, give your spouse your location. Let them know. You know um, if you're if you're staying if you're hunting within a unit, tell your spouse or significant other what unit you'll be in. And not only that, but tell them where you plan to camp. You're gonna plan, yes. Are you gonna camp? You know, at on the east, the north. 
south side. So when Rodney goes, what does he tell you? And what do you do with that information? I just kind of keep it in mind. I might write it down. Okay, so um, I think that was a point that I, I wanted to make is the information is pretty useless unless you have it written down somewhere because, you know, Rodney may leave and say, all right, I'm going to be camped at the Buzzard Campground in Unit 2B. And you'll think, oh, I'm gonna, I'll remember that. And then you get down to it, and and whenever you got a call on the cavalry, you you're gonna tell, them, I think he's camped at the crow, some sort of bird campground. Right. And especially if you're worried, if you're if you're worried and you're, it's an emergency situation. If you're calling in the cavalry, that's what you think is going on. You're typically people aren't thinking as clearly then as they should be. Right. So write it down. Write it down. Another thing that um, Rodney and I have started doing recently is that we will share our location from our cell phones with just each other, especially if one of us is on the road. And I think it's a good thing because you may not you may not be able to get service when you're out there, but you would be able to maybe see their last location or something like that. You could say, well, they pinged in at this time in this location and you might get a starting point from that. Yeah. Right. And I, um, I'm glad you brought up the technology because we've done a podcast on your pre-hunt prep and Mm e-scouting and it wouldn't be hard at all for us as the hunters to get on Google Earth and say this is you know drop a pin and say this is where we plan on camping and take a screenshot of that in Google Earth print it out and give it to your to your significant other and say this is where we plan on camping and just some rough directions how to get there absolutely yeah because that's it can help you know, set a mind at ease pretty easily. I don't know how it works on all phones, but at least on the iPhone, there's that feature where you can go into the share your location and you can share indefinitely. You can share for one hour, you can share until the end of the day, or you can share current location. So if you pull into your campground and you have service, just send your current location. Yeah. And then you will have a pin on a map in your text message string showing exactly where they are. Or... If you know that when you enter your unit, maybe you're on the edge of it and you still have service, send that location. That location. And it would show the where they entered into the area. Yeah. I don't know. So here in New Mexico, as everybody knows, there's huge gaps in cell phone coverage, particularly in hunt areas and things like mm-hmm. that. So if you're a person who is drawn a hunt in a wilderness area where you're not gonna have you know you're not gonna have coverage and you know this is assuming you've done all your homework and all of that stuff not just going into it blind we talked about that mm-hmm. uh, don't go into it blind do some homework know where you're going to be but uh, having said that there are um there are tools and uh gadgets out there that you could still use to share that location there's a thing called spot mm-hmm. um it's a gps uh satellite uh deal that it has pre-programmed responses uh basically 
and there's different I'm not going to get into it too much but there's you know different variations of it but basically you can tell somebody yep I'm okay uh, you can and then you can say it has two or three program responses and one of them is the emergency button um, but if you're going into a wilderness area or somewhere where you know you're not going to have service and you're going to camp in that area uh, every day you could hit that I'm okay and what it does is it pings the satellite and that satellite uh, the company that that is using that service emails your loved ones and you can program in however many emails you want but it pro it emails your loved ones that uh, hey I'm okay good to go you do that once a you know whatever you've worked out with your with your significant other once a day every other day but uh, so there is that technology out there that you can do it outside of cell phone service. Yeah. But again, do your homework and know whether or not you're going to have service. I think it's a good idea to write it down or have a screenshot of the location just because if something bad happens and you start to panic, sometimes your mind yeah. just... Well, we've talked about that. Blank. We've talked about that previously as well, that the spot is a great thing, but don't rely on it because... It's technology, it's a mechanical device. It takes batteries. It takes battery. It can fail. Yep. Um, and, and so as a, um, a warning, if you will, to, to the significant others, um, don't panic the second you don't get that because there's, you know, it, it can still run out of battery. Um, Things like that can fail, so absolutely still write that information down. Um, have it on a map, have it on Google, you yeah, know, Google Pins. Write it down, share your locations, you know, share your entry location, where you went into the wilderness, share where you're going to camp, um, when you plan on coming out, all of those things. Help set their minds at ease. You're leaving them for however many days to go off and go hunting and they may be happy about it. They may be not be happy about it. They may um, be not happy about it and telling you or mm -hmm. be not happy about it and not telling you. Either way, um, be mindful and respectful and, and do as much as you can to um, ease that worry. On the sweet side of that, it's always nice to hear from our husbands when they're out. It's kind of a nice... When you didn't think you were going to get a phone call from them. Definitely. And then they call, and it turns out, you know, they turned their phone on when they climbed to the top of a peak to get a better view yeah. and found they had service. Yeah. It's always kind of a nice surprise. Well, we had an interesting dynamic. Um, when I met you, um, January 12th, 2006, a uh, week later, I ran into you again and got your phone number. And every day from 2006 to 2014, we spoke on the phone or in person every single day without fail. Without fail. Until I went into the Pecos Wilderness with Kyle and your sister Allie on that elk hunt. Yes, but and you we did, did not, tell me. And we did not have service, and that was the first day that we went without communicating since we met. Uh, since we met. Holy crap, we're slacking. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I said interesting. Listen, you know, when when you're dating and stuff like that, a lot of times people 
a, a guy will just stop calling. And so when a guy makes an effort to call you every day, regardless of where he's at, it means something. Even if it's just a quick, yeah. hey, how are you? Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Adios. Hi, how are you? <laughs> how are you? So, big gulps, huh? Big gulps, huh? <laughs> well, see you later. Yep. What else? Well, um, I think I think that kind of pretty well covers the, the pre-planning and all that stuff. I mean, I think I'd like to hear a little bit more from the girls on their perspective of when we actually go, what do they have to deal with while we're gone? Uh, and I know Annie's voiced her opinion, not on, not, you know, not in public, but you know, that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that she always worries about when I leave because something always goes wrong. Yeah, it's true. You know, it kind of comes in waves, though. It's, you know, like the old saying, when it rains, it pours. Sometimes they go and nothing happens. Sometimes they Doesn't go and... It doesn't seem that way very often to me. It's usually something You haven't happens. been married as long as I have. Uh, well, I <laughs> we just hit 10 years, so... Um, what did you write here? Oh, that's <laughs> My so wife is passing me notes, so... Uh, oh, that's sweet. Well, we can talk about that in a minute, but okay. um, these are just like things that I had thought of when we're riding in the car and talking about hunting and stuff like that. So, do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, I want. I want. To, <laughs> okay. Well, I want. I, I, so I, last summer we went on a trip to Colorado, and I usually had the location turned off on my photos um, all the time, but as we were going through this area, I decided to turn the location on because it's kind of nice to say, oh, that's when we camped out at such and such or when we visited there. And then the thought occurred to me that, because Rodney was talking about, oh, that would have been a good camp spot. We should remember that for next time. Or that would be a good place to do this or that. So I thought, oh, what I should do is turn the location on my photos and take a picture of the spot and then I could say, hey, remember when we were up there at the Grand Mesa? And I could go back and find the photo and find the pin on the map for that. So I thought it would be good for scouting out camp spots or there you go. hunting spots. Dana, you're that's, so smart. That's why I married this. <laughs> why are you so smart, Dana? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's a good idea. When, you, when we go out scouting, we've got a couple of scouting trips planned. Um, we can take some pictures uh, with the location on, share those pictures with with our wives, and now they've got some good, hard information to uh, look back at if we disappear. And of course, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, um, we don't hunt alone. Uh, I know that there's a lot of you out there that do. You want to hunt alone, and, and this stuff is absolutely critical in that sense. If you're hunting alone, do not advise it, um, but I understand it. And if you're going to do it, take these steps. Uh, do the necessary steps to make sure that people know where you're at, even if you don't have a significant other, a buddy, family. any family, yeah. friend, whatever. Make sure that somebody knows where you're at. You know, um, even leaving a little note in your camp before you set out, out each day that says, oh, I, I'm going to head south along the river 
and then I plan on doubling back and going, you know, this way or that way. I'm elk hunting. Then if somebody says, you know, that truck's been parked there for a while and we haven't seen anybody, or I wonder if he's connected to that missing person report, then they could find a little clue as to which direction to go look for you. If you know the route, yeah, if... (laughs) This is... You, you gotta know there one go. thing about Annie. Yeah, she's a little morbid. Right? They knew where to find you. She they knew where to find the bear shit she that's like... got the remains of your body in it. <laughs> her soul's like her coffee. This is, this is from a woman who, as a child, embroidered the stigmata on her rag doll. <laughs> 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 I love new stories. There were holes there. I had to find a clever way to cover them up or I catch them. <laughs> Why were there holes there? Were you... Well, I'm remember sure. they found her face down on the prairie found, after the yeah, wagon accident. She was accident. face down on the prairie after the wagon accident. Obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a radio flyer growing up. I think we're getting into a bunch of uh, inside jokes, <laughs> right? Guys. right? But that's kind of what we do. So. Uh, if you ever hang around us, it, you might be a little confused. Oh yeah. If sure. you listen to the podcast unless you've watched the movies, enough, then you might watched... be on the inside of those jokes. True enough. <laughs> you've True seen enough. the movie. True enough. So, <clears throat> I want to talk about the dynamic about hunts without and with spouses, because that's a really interesting dynamic. It is. It is. And. Interesting. What a kind word. Is it a kind word? <laughs> Nothing but kindness for you, my dear. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons that my wife doesn't want to hunt anymore. We talked about my thump thump. Yep. Uh, it doesn't change between whether I'm Rodney hunting <laughs> or my wife's hunting or a stranger's hunting. Just has I, to I, I get excited. I just yeah, you know excited. want to see somebody get the animal. Annie and calls it tornado mode. Tornado mode. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Forgot about that. I, I didn't ever hear about that, but thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you're not the only person she's said, she's referred to tornado mode. Okay. Don't don't mention the other person. I won't. Name. I won't. Right. I won't. But... It's not specific to me. No, but you you represent it well. Oh yeah, I do. You represent it well. I did. Uh, I, my my cousin and me um, and his call it significant other. We were all hunting deer, and uh, it was a muzzler hunt. And he'd been going around with her, um, and they'd pretty much been driving some forest roads on the four wheeler, and. A few times they had seen some deer, and he would stop and tell her, there they are. There's your turn. And seven minutes later, when she was finally ready, um, the deer were long gone. And he was getting extremely frustrated. Um, They happened to be headed down one of the forest roads and I was coming off of the hill and saw him and we met up and talked and son said jump on the front we'll head to camp so I did I just muzzleloader in hand probably you were hunting I was hunting as we well. were all hunting yeah uh, muzzleloader. muzzleloader in hand probably not the safest thing to do sitting on the 
the uh, rack on the front of the four-wheeler. poster for safety there. Right, right. Cruising down the road when Sun saw some deer and proceeded to hit the brakes. Well, I did a full-on army roll off of the rack, popped up, gun in hand, crosshairs on the deer. And all I could hear behind me was, that's how you get after it. (laughs) (laughs) And his son's still with his significant other? No. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's a lesson there. But, uh, yeah, he was as, as much of a crash as it was. And that's not the first time, you know, um, I've, I've, I've grown a lot in my hunting. I don't, we don't hunt off four wheelers or anything like that anymore. Um, I had one deer that I harvested, same thing. I was, I was headed back to camp, uh, going down the forest road, a bunch of bucks ran across in front of me. I didn't even hit the brakes. I just grabbed my muzzleloader and stepped off the four-wheeler um shot the buck turned around four-wheelers going down the dang road <laughs> well and i think i get excited i know you do i know you, you know, know no but i survived I, this long but i think <laughs> this is why i have to know where he's hunting <laughs> i think though that is that's maybe one of the points that to take away from this is you know you and i ronnie we hunt have hunted so much together that we kind of instinctually know what the other's going to do when to hurry up when to slow down Mm -hmm. you know all that type of thing i've gotten better about slowing down i know i know i'm not i'm I'm not ragging on you uh your wife is and my wife is but i'm not but i think that's a different dynamic whenever you're hunting with your wife unless your wife is uh you know prolific hunter is goes with you all the time Mm -hmm. that dynamic changes and while you're a partnership at home and you uh you can do your day-to-day stuff in that facet where i know when my wife's pissed off which is all the time no i'm just kidding (laughs) it's It's recently it is but i'm always angry always angry that's your secret (laughs) (laughs) no i have to give her a hard time just because it's what i do Anyways, uh, but, you know, in your day-to-day life, and Dana, you can attest to this, you know when, what mood Rodney's in, you know what to expect, how to calm him down, how, you know, for the most part. I'm I'm talking in generalities. There's always uh, exceptions. But you guys, especially because you haven't done a lot of hunting and we haven't done a lot of hunting together, that dynamic changes. And so I remember the hunt the cow hunt you know Mm -hmm. that we went on and we we'd seen some cows and we we were trying to get on them and you know i just took off down the ditch yeah to to get to them and get into position and about you know 30 yards down the ditch i look back and you guys are still getting out of the truck i'm like what the what the hell right right yeah and 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 you have to back yourself out of your own mode. Your your normal mode, because I would, you know, had well, had it been me, were, had it been Rodney, yeah, had it been Rodney and I, he'd have been right behind me, just correct. But uh, you know, you have to back out of your own mode and understand that you got to take things a little bit slower, especially since that was both of you guys' first big game hunt. I've been on lots of hunts, yeah. but I've never been I mean, a shooter. I know what you mean, that. but 
Dana was sitting in the back with the kids and had to get untangled from all that stuff. I'm not I was sitting in the middle. I'm not blaming you guys. No, I'm not. A, I'm just saying that dynamic is totally legs. different because who's we he, had kids with us and all who's that. Who's he's blaming is us. Uh, yeah, that's that was our fault. What he's literally what he's seeing, and I did the same thing to Dana when we saw the cows coming down the road, and and, and she got the shot at the one up the hill. Um, I ran her right down the road, and 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 what I was what I would do with Kyle, he's there, he's there, take him, take him, take him. There's the shot. Um, he knows that I'm going to do that. He expects it, but she had never dealt with that, and I know better than to rush her. She's not a rusher. <laughs> Not at all. So that's what we're saying here is is to be more mindful of uh, um, your uncle said to me one time uh, when you take your kids fishing take your kids fishing mm-hmm. and leave your own gear at home. And, Which is and great advice. It's fantastic advice. And and I I, I love that advice and it, it, it transfers to, to this. When we take y'all hunting we're taking y'all hunting. We're we're hunting in your style, your mode, your speed, not mm-hmm. ours. And that's what Kyle's saying. That was our yeah. that was our mistake exactly because that was the first time well, we had done Well, you two were used to hunting a certain way. Yeah, correct. So like you said, you can kind of anticipate what he's going to do mm-hmm. and vice versa. And we we weren't so, we weren't out there. You were hunting teaching like you, you with Rodney. Yes, we weren't out there instructing you in any way we were just out there expecting you to know what we do and i come from a hunting family but that was my first time ever having a tag i've been on pack trips i've been Mm -hmm. on walking hunting trips i've been on trips where you just kind of been it's your trip no exactly and so i know how to tag along really well if i'm just and so on the back burner and so what was the difference in in that well i just had to I don't really know <laughs> I I don't have a way of hunting myself so and you guys wouldn't know that either since I didn't know it either you know well and I and so <clears throat> because I haven't thankfully for myself enough. Enough. I, I think I kind of learned from that because unfortunately you guys had to leave and but the next morning, I went ahead and yeah, took Annie that out. That was a completely different experience. And it was a whole different experience because I realized, man, I can't hunt like that um, with her. And so we found some cows and we took our time mm-hmm. and we worked around where we figured they were going to be. We worked down this little drainage and it was all nice and easy. And she got a 80-yard shot, one shot. The cow didn't even know we were there. She didn't even jump. I, in fact, when she shot... And the cow didn't move. I was like, she could not have missed. <laughs> and then I thought, maybe. Thanks. Wait, <laughs> no. did you miss on your first No, no she didn't. Oh, she, But the cow, the cow didn't even flinch. And so she didn't take a step. Like, she didn't flinch uh, a muscle whenever so she shot her. Do I do it and so okay. I was sitting there thinking, did she miss? I heard the whop. I heard her hit the cow, but the cow didn't move an inch. And so I was like... Well, go ahead and rack another one in. And then she started to do the death wobble, and I knew she was good. But, yeah, um, it was a whole different experience because I, I learned from rushing you guys down that ditch. 
Well, the other thing is, we come from a short-legged family, and to keep up with a <laughs> long-legged Jackson... <laughs> right. Granted. Good point. Good point. Like, and Rodney's got long legs, too. I yeah, Not no not Jackson long leg. Kyle, though, well, no, but... I'm whenever to get to go out, when I'm hunting with Yeah, whenever you get out hunting, Rodney will outwalk most people. And I can keep up, but I don't know that I really expected to have to go that fast. Yeah, you know, well, it's just... it's you know in in hunting you 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 haven't had the experience of um, all the different scenarios you know because there there is a time to stop, sit, mm-hmm. be calm, and wait, and there's a time particularly hunting elk when you've got to move and you got to be able to move fast, uh, and and we weren't very mindful of well, instructing y'all about. We weren't mindful that. because the opportunity came up so quickly that we didn't have time to prepare. It's not like drawing a hunt. That was a private land hunt. Right. I happened to get a couple of cow tags from a friend. And so we didn't have all year to prepare you and take you through, okay, here's what to expect. Correct. You know, so we mm-hmm. really shortened your learning curve and it, and it wasn't beneficial for you guys. No. Yeah. It was still a lot of fun. It was. We had a, we had a really good time. You know, we had the kids with us, and um, we saw some beautiful bulls. God, we saw but bulls, like, everywhere. the first two days. Um, yeah, no cows. No yeah, cows. No cows. Cow tag. No cows no in the cow cows. tag. It's just bulls, like, 360-class bulls everywhere. Right? <laughs> and that wasn't 360-class bulls. It was 360-class bulls everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, lots of them it it was it was baffling to see that many bulls and so few cows and then we saw them all at once one great big herd of of, what was it 50 or 60 cows Uh, yeah at least it was just you know and they were everywhere and of course i was i missed the whole thing because you were wrangling i was wrangling kids and driving the truck and um it was still a lot of fun i've always just kind of tagged along you know I'd help pack the horses or I'd help set up camp or I'd help tear down camp or I'd just follow when they're walking you know if my dad said you sit here under this tree until I get back you know then then I'd do that sort of thing I even worked for a taxidermist in her butcher shop and so I'm used to gutting animals and skinning animals and doing all the cuts and none of that bothers me but that was my first tag -hmm. I think that's uh, a really good takeaway is if your if your spouse doesn't hunt often um, then and hopefully you hunters are trying to get your if you're if you're not trying to get your spouses into hunting so be it that's fine because it's not for everybody but if they're even remotely interested and you take them and you try and hunt with them like you hunt, you may ruin that person forever. You may. Yeah, that, that could be true. Could because be. it may be too quick for them. It may, you know, they don't have the knowledge that you have. Well, if your first experience doing something is miserable, how likely are you to do it again? Right. Very. Not very <laughs> likely at all. So, I see our turkey hunting experiences were much different. It's like 
whenever Rodney and I first started camping, when we first got married, setting up the tent was really kind of a battle. <laughs> but we both knew we wanted to camp because we both knew we liked camping from camping our whole lives. So we stuck to it. And now when it's we go camping, machine. yeah, when we go camping, we don't even have to talk. Everybody just kind of falls into place and camp goes up and it's a it's like an orchestra. Just played the most beautiful song you ever heard. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Poetic, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to write something for it. No, I'm just kidding. That's cool. But um, we all have the same goal. We all want camp to be good. So if you have the same end goal, but you you can you can you can make things better. Yeah, but you, you can make you, the process of getting. You relate to that back to hunting. How long have we been camping together now? And so we work like that. If mm -hmm. you have someone who. Well, let's take, for example, the Big Fat Camp Out this year. You invited a friend uh, who has not had much camping experience. Which is funny because her family are campers and her mom is a pro. Yeah. But I think that she has just spent a lot of years being in school and raising a family. So. And so their competency and, and, and ways of doing it in comparison to ours were... I guess you could call it primitive, but I mean, I'm not going to knock anybody for, for wanting to go camping at all. In fact, I encourage people to go camping, but it's just that different dynamic. If you haven't done it a lot, you got to work through stuff unless you have somebody to say, Hey, you might try this or Hey, you might try that. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. going to start somewhere. So I think, you know, I do want to hunt. I don't know if I want to do big game hunts again, but you know, my first big game tag wasn't I liked everything right up until it was time for me to take the shot because I'd been running up the road and I was shaky and I was breathing hard from having trying to get over there to the animal. And then I took the shot and I really don't know if I would have made the shot. I do know that my bullet ricocheted off of a sunflower that was sticking up. I don't know if it was in front of or behind the animal. But anyway, it just... It wasn't the best thing, but I do want to have a successful, fun time hunting. Uh, what I would say is, you know, maybe prepare a little bit better next time. Go more than one time because, you know, Rodney and I have the same goal. We'd both like to have a good experience. So I think we'd both work toward that. So well, we have to sure. go another time. And, and another, I really enjoy turkey hunting because it's kind of easy. Going out there, well, you know? sit down. It's, it's, well, it's very relaxing. Not that it's easy to take a shot at a turkey, but, you know, there's, you can go out in the morning and then you can go home, depending on where you live. Yeah. You know, it's not like you have to drag a 400-pound <laughs> animal or tent or something out there. We have a 400-pound tent. <laughs> we do have a 400-pound tent. So, um... Kind of keeping in this in this groove of of what we're talking about, the dynamic of hunting um, with your spouse. You guys have a pretty funny story about losing your cool in the in the heat of the moment. Would would you share that? Which one is that? I don't know. You wrote it There's down. So the gutting, gutting the animal, <laughs> gutting the animal. Oh. I'm guessing it's with with my with my elk. So. To start, I'll tell the first part of the story. Right. Getting the um, animal. Oh. A couple of years ago, 
two, three years yeah, ago. I think so. Um, it's like maybe the fall yeah, before. Well, we, we've uh, talked about it several times, or we've at least hinted about it. Me and Kyle were able to get some private land tags. Um, didn't draw anything. We didn't draw anything, and he had a neighbor that had some elk coming into some alfalfa fields, and so we got some depredation yeah. tags. Um, and it was pretty much we were walking out his back door, yeah. going a quarter mile, half a mile half down miles, down the mile. fence line, yeah. um, and then waiting there at the fence line to see if the elk were going to come off this alfalfa field. And that's pretty much the extent of the hunt. So um, and and so one, I, we we'd come up and hunted, and we were unsuccessful because we weren't we everything that we saw was uh, across the fence onto some other private property that we couldn't hunt. Um, so a couple weeks later, I come back up. I had killed mine in between. Kyle had harvested his already, and um, he had the unfortunate uh, need to go to work. Uh, to believe like you were serving a warrant or something. Yeah. So he had to go to work. So I had to go out by myself that morning, um, and we told the girls, you know. If I get something, I'm going to call you, and y'all can bring the pickup with the winch down so we can load it up. Tough hunt. Yeah. uh, About as simple as you can get. So I I go down to the fence line. Lo and behold, the elk are there. Um, I got a little bull. We weren't looking for trophies. We were looking for meat and taking any opportunity that we got. So I got a little bull. So I called the girls, and... For starters, they didn't answer. <laughs> we were asleep. Now, granted, we I was only a half a mile from the house. I could have walked back up, but I had this elk on the ground. Um, it was going to start getting warm. It wasn't exactly uh, cold that year, so I wanted to get I wanted to get the animal processed properly. Um, finally, got him to answer, and then what are you doing? Keep talking. And then uh, this is common. They the bickering is common, right? <laughs> so I they're coming in the vehicle, and I'm waiting with the elk about to start gutting it when I get a phone call, and the truck won't go. It was flooded, or it was I don't flooded, know. or something. Was it out of gas, and we had to switch? No, it, it was. It wasn't. Thing? It wasn't out of gas until later, oh. uh, and I'll get to that. Um, what we were in the green monster. You, you, kicked, you kicked the four wheel drive into neutral. Yeah. You oh. kicked it out of two and into neutral. Yeah. So, and it's, so my, it's my old 76 Chevy. It's a beast of a truck. It's to be Hulk. fair, Annie hasn't driven it that much. And and even though it was pretty close to the house, it was pretty rough that down has there. Tricks. It has yeah. tricks. You need to know yeah. And, and and all of that was fine. Now now, granted, keep in mind I have an elk down and it's fixing to get warm. This is my concern. Not that the girls did anything wrong. I don't give a crap my, about you guys. Have my problems. My we concern. We got an elk in the fields to dish. get the elk. Get out of here. Process. So I have to walk. Instead of walking a half a mile to the house, I have to walk a half mile in the other direction where they're coming down the road. <laughs> I get to the truck to find out that they've kicked the, kicked the differential into neutral out of two wheel and into neutral. I have nothing neutral. to do with it. Let's just make that. So we get that done. We drive around to my elk. Uh, we 
gut the elk. And at this point, is this where you have the problem? Is this where, was I being overly sensitive or bossy or? You were in that high energy mode. He was in tornado mode. He was in tornado <laughs> mode. And um, I'm sure I was. It's it, very dream. It has, it, it has the, it doesn't make me want to step it, step it up or kick it into gear. It yeah. makes me put on the brakes. And so, and I just shut down. I just shut down, which makes Rodney even more frustrated. And so we haven't, but we haven't dressed animals together a lot. Not like we've set up tents. We haven't done that no, part together a lot. That so, was, um, that was maybe our third one. And I don't even know about that. But yeah, so, you know, Rodney left the house and... before dawn, goes on his hunt, and I'm asleep. I'm guessing I was. It took me a while to come to. That's why I didn't answer the phone, the first phone call. And by the second one, I was like, "I'm awake. I'm awake." And <laughs> and this is this is at this is at sunup. This yeah. is at dawn because, like I said, we six thirty seven. And it we wasn't had to a leave. particularly cold morning, but no. you know how it is when you roll out of bed, you're sensitive to the cold. And we had to drag two little kids out of the bed, load them into the green monster. It stopped going. I don't. We had to. Get, we live in well, truck. Live, no go, no more. Right? Right? They live in ranching country, so you know one person's got to get out of the truck, go open the gate, wait for the truck to go through, shut the gate. Two trucks, because y'all bought brought not only the green monster, you also brought the Toyota. Did we really? Because y'all were worried about gas. That's so right. so now then we get. The, but we needed the we, winch we on the get, on the big the truck. Winch on the big truck. So we get the L gutted. We winch it into the back of the truck. I almost lost my hand. Yeah, that was scary. Um, and and then Dana had shut down and was <laughs> running the. So here's your first mistake, right? She was. You were holding. I was guiding the. I elk wasn't into there, the back so the you truck. tell the story. I was guiding the elk this. into the back of the truck. You had your hand on the. I had my hand cable. on the antlers. Oh yeah, I had antler. my hand on the antler. Okay. And I would. I was telling Dana. Stop. Go stop, go stop, you know, and she was controlling the winch. And I was doing most of this with hand signals. Well, I tell her, you know, I I motioned for her to stop and she didn't stop, so I said stop. And I turned around and her and Annie were having a freaking conversation. <laughs> and meanwhile this elk is still going into the back of the truck, so I yelled at her, Stop and she did. And I saved my hand and we got the elk into the back of the truck, and we're going down the road. They jumped in the Toyota, went to the house, and I'm headed to take the elk to the butcher when I run out of gas. <laughs> and here's another. Oh, yeah. I've never driven this truck either. No, you've so never I didn't driven know. it either. So I'm sitting in the middle of the road out of gas. Call Annie. I said, Annie, I'm out of gas. Go get a gas can and get me some gas. She says, okay. And I'm waiting. And as I'm waiting, I'm anxious. I'm in tornado mode. Tornado mode. So I start pacing around the truck. And here's the interesting thing about this truck. I would go around the driver's side and look at the gas can in frustra- the, the, the gas tank in the frustration, cap. the gas cap. And then I would Same go around to the passenger side. Running out of gas on me. Gas and cap. look at the gas cap and be like, <laughs> stupid truck. Driver's side, <laughs> gas cap, stupid truck. Passenger side, gas cap, stupid truck. And I started to realize, wait a minute. I haven't walked around this truck this many times. 
I'm seeing a gas can on, or a gas lid on both sides. Twice as many times as I should So I stop, <laughs> I go into your truck, and I look, lo and behold, you have two tanks. I flip so, the switch, start the truck, take the oak to the butcher. <laughs> yep. Excellent. That's, that's a prime example of tornado mode. He was literally right. tornadoing around the it's truck. It's also a prime example of not exactly being prepared the way we should have been. Yeah, I mean, we didn't Absolutely. talk about it. We didn't but, talk about well, it. Well, it was one of those, it was It was it last takes, minute, hey, yeah. we're going to get a It takes those oh, hey, moments. They're serving right? warrant. Yeah. It learn takes it those moments way. to learn. Yeah. These, these are the things, the more you get out there in the field, the more you hunt. We discussed that. Me and Kyle, Kyle have hunted a lot together so we've learned how each other works and how to complement each other um Your we've had these today, I, Kyle. right um, thanks rodney your beard is so fluffy and full. <laughs> <laughs> so but it takes these mistakes it's sarcasma takes these, strikes again right it takes these hard moments to teach us um and it's all worth it. And from from yeah. misery comes memory. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I think one thing that happens with us, we live about five hours apart. We roll into town 10 o'clock at night after we worked on a Friday <laughs> for these hunts that we're going to do on Saturday and maybe Sunday morning. And instead of discussing what we're going to do as far as okay you're gonna have to take the green truck I'm not sure how much gas it has in the first tank so just switch it into you know and going over that kind of stuff we roll in we sit on the couch we talk trash for a while maybe watch a movie like rat race or (laughs) something like that go to bed wake up and then we wing it. We wing it. Well, and <laughs> on these I, kind of hunts, I completely expect. But we kind of like miss each other so much that we're trying to like squeeze every ounce of yeah. the experience. Well, and I completely expected to be there for the hunt. Thus, I didn't have to tell anybody how to run my truck because right. I was going to run it myself, and then you know had to do something else. I am thankful that we were a quarter mile from the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. I say that much because we just threw the kids in the truck in their jammies with a blanket, and they were. Oh, the kids loved it. They know, were great, it was you know? nice to have the kids there to help um, field dress the animal. I think your daughter was more excited uh, she, than you were. She was. She was very <laughs> excited. It was pretty cool. Well, you know, so as far as, because I think they wanted to talk about this too, how it is for me and Annie when our husbands are gone on their hunts. I live near my other our other two siblings and my mom were all within a mile of each other. So it's easy for us to get together. And we have a friend who lives down the road. He's been a family friend for more than 50 years that we do rum Fridays with. So we... Rum Sundays. Rum Sundays. Rum, rum Friday, Fridays. Rum Saturday, whatever. Rum, rum all week. Yeah. <laughs> we go over there and sit on Whiskey the porch. Whiskey weekday. <laughs> Whiskey weekends. We don't care. <laughs> Hang out. I go over to my mom's house. We have sleep over at her house it's easy for me you know and it's I don't know it's just easy when Rodney and Kyle go on their hunts and I always look forward to their calls Rodney's calls and sometimes he'll show up early from his hunt and that's always a nice surprise like he'll walk into work and I'll be like you're here (laughs) 
<laughs> but Annie lives out here by herself, and so I think it can be a little bit lonely for her. I've relegated so. her to the boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> so her experience is a little different. Sometimes she'll come down and stay with me, and, well, unfortunately, last time we were all sick, and then I think she got sick. <laughs> yeah. So that was really not that fun, but um, our experience is a little bit different when our husbands are out on the hunts. Yep. Without us, because of where we live. Yeah, well, but, I mean, I just have to say that I, even though sometimes it's frustrating, um, when you are packing your stuff up to go on a deer hunt for 10 days and your wife says, where are you going? And I say, <laughs> going to hunt. You never told me. <laughs> yeah, I did. I told you a lot. You forgot. So it gets frustrating sometimes, but... Uh, they support us, which you just can't say enough about that. I mean, it's... Um, I have a really bad memory. Okay? You have a really bad memory. But... You have to write these things down on the calendar. Honestly, I'm pretty sure it was on the calendar. It was we not. should probably have a big hunting calendar, you know, where you can just no. write it in. So, there's a thing. There's a thing that you do, and we're not going to get into it, um, but... Um, what you should do is just always assume that I'm going hunting, and then when I don't, be happy about Surprise. it. Surprise! <laughs> I, I, I apply that tactic to several things. But yeah. no, we, we do want to say that uh, without the support of our wives, it would be um, it would be hard to do what we love to do, and... Um, Especially since I cook awesome food. Especially because she cooks awesome food for the hunt. Picture of pasole. Typically, typically a guy goes on a hunt and he'll lose five or ten or fifteen pounds, and it is the exact opposite for us. We eat like kings in camp: steaks and pasole and enchiladas and burritos and what's the little things that you wrap the meat and the taters and the burocks. Yeah, runzas. Runza. Whatever you want. Yeah, burocks. Burocks. Cool. Beer does run good. Hey. Beer rocks. And I I mean I can cook. It's not my first love by any means. <laughs> I can Honey, do it because I can follow a recipe. No, listen, listen. But when they handed me the notebook and said, You're gonna transcribe as we dictate our hunting menu, I was just listening to them and on each day of the week I wrote meat and potatoes times eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Eggs and bacon times 11. Yeah. Green chili times <laughs> 22. Yes. They were going to be gone for 11 days. And then I handed them the list and I was like, done. There you go. Yeah. And, and we had a lot of meat and taters and eggs and bacon. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's about all we have for this podcast. I want to thank the ladies for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you listeners were able to learn a little bit. Um, be a little bit more sensitive to your wives and significant others um, when you're going out on your hunt. Sensitive. Yeah, so thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, yep. Signing out for Not a Grande Outdoors. Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram. Instagram. Look for our website coming soon, notagrandeoutdoors.com. Peace out. Yeah. (laughs) Adios. See you guys. Adios.